So, my lady is actually in the process of rearranging the room, re, uh, re, uh, decorating, I guess. I don't know, moving shit around, but there's usually a conversation between her and I that goes something like, because she gets frantic, like in these situations. Like it's some kind of weird therapy, but, um, but there's usually a conversation, uh, I guess, that goes something like, like if I ask her to do, like she's she's directing orders left and right. But if I ask her to do something, she'll just say, I'm not going to do all that. And then I'll respond with, what do you mean all that? Like I'm not asking you to make some kind of makeshift lathe and rebuild the, you know, the staircase banister. I'm just asking about a simple shower head, you know? And that's kind of where it trails off, and then we just kind of go back to our corners and start over. All I know is something like a bird with in her sang do do boom ba do ba do do chickadee bow down down bow down bow down down wow wow wow. That's one of my, that's, everybody's got their favorite uh, Grateful Dead song, you know, or uh, ep, or performance, you know, year, date, place. That's, that's kind of how you determine a real deadhead. Mine is um, Veneta, Oregon, uh, August of 72. So, what is that, like 28, 4, uh, 40, 50, 51 years ago? Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. But uh, it's called Bird Song, live, Veneta, Oregon, August 72. That's, that's mine. But there's this bird that's literally like outside the, the, the tree line that, that lines these these parking lots here that just won't shut the fuck up. Like, so it's, it, I guess it takes a little something away from the beauty of a song like the bird song, you know, but fuck that bird. Like I'm about ready to, I'm about, I'm about ready to pop a cap on that fucking bird. But, um, so, okay. Got a lot to get to. Uh, first and foremost, uh, on the trail, you know, just a couple of random thoughts. Like, first of all, how, how is everybody doing? How, how'd your summer go? Like, it's kind of towards the end of the summer. I hope, did you get all the loose ends taken care of that you wanted to do? Did you get that laundry list of stuff done? Did you repaint that thing? You know, did you, did you stop that rust? Were you able to get some rust-oleum? Were you able to make it to the grocery outlet this time or did you, or what happened, you know? Did you, did you get talked out of, you know, the grout that you wanted to use for your backsplash? Did you end up going with the tile or did you go with the, or did you go with the, the, uh, the granite or, or, uh, you know, what's, what's really going on? Like, do birds really exist? And I had a thought of my, on my hike, my little old man hike this morning, I'm, wa- I, I'm walking along the trail 
and I see a little stink bug down there, and I'm like, that's, that kind of sucks for that bug. Like, they call him a stink bug, that's his name. But, like, you know, all these other bugs have these great names, like caterpillar, butterfly, even ant. Even ant's, like, kind of a cool name, right? Then you got stink bug. Like, if they had any cognition as to what they were being called, like, I'd be... I'd be a little put off by it. I'd be like, why am I a stink bug? You know? You can't you guys can't come up with with any anything else? Praying mantis, you know? Um just mosquito. And and the best you the best you got for me is a stink bug? I gotta be a stink bug. So that's fucking that fucking sucks. But um the other thing I was gonna touch on is uh I think I think eye patches are making a comeback. <laughs> I know. I don't do you, did you see that too? Um I don't think they're well there's a big there's a big gap between like, you know, Long John Silver back in the sixteen hundreds and uh present day um international man of mystery type jewel thief guy um i was recommending now why are you bringing up eye patches johnny well hold, first of all you don't have to be so aggressive when you ask me but i'll tell you because my lady was going through she poor girl she had you know she's got her allergies they just dominate her life and last weekend we were cleaning i was trimming the hedges and shit like that clearing a path down the stairs um, and, uh, dust was just blowing everywhere, and she went out to, I guess, to clean up some of the stuff, and she, she said she got, like, bit by a bug under her eyelid or something, I don't know, I, maybe she did, who knows, but the dust was just over, I mean, it was so bad, and so she's been just having a rough go of it most of the week like just her allergies just killing her and her eye got real bad one eye just one eye and so she 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 managed to dredge up some like anti-inflammatory steroidal uh eye drops or allergy eye drops some kind of stuff she found in the drawer which by all means hey just random shit you find in a drawer just go ahead and jam it in your eye but uh, then she got some hydrocortisone, and uh, it, it she's back on track now. But but in the meantime, I think I was thinking, well, why don't you just rock an eye patch? You know, like that's fucking like that's ballsy, right? It's been a while, you know. It's been about mm, four centuries, right, since uh, Blackbeard and <laughs> the fellas <laughs> were rocking the eye patch. But um, moving on. Anyway, so between eye patches and bugs and bug names and being bit by bugs with bad bug names, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell people, but um, but I'm assimilating into this whole cult of the of the Subaru, and I'm getting a lot of good feedback, and I'm noticing more Subarus. But the more I learn about, or the more I see them, the more I I'm in this cult of a club and be 
be be assured it is a cult. It's very much a cult. Um, I will say this time and time again, when people buy Subarus, they never get anything else for the rest of their life. For the rest of their life, it's like, it's like herpes, man. Once you get it, you just can't get rid of it, right? And, um, but my, my thinking is this, that I don't think the cult of the Subaru is really necessarily going to, um, they're not going to, I don't think they'll embrace me with open arms because I figure, look, my teacher buddy's got a couple Subarus. My teacher buddy, John, him and his wife, she's a librarian, overeducated, white people, Subaru. My ex-in-laws, they got a couple of Subarus. He's overeducated. She's over it. They, they both fucking, they're old, white, overeducated people. My brother-in-law has fucking Subarus. Uh, the nurses have Subarus. They're, Subaru, they're just fucking everywhere, right? And here I come. I got my... Uh, if, uh, so here, this is my positioning now as a, I'm kind of like a, again, I'm like an outlier. Like, I don't think the community would accept me based on what they, like, if you went through my pack right now, I've got like three different sets of keys. I've got my ear pods. I've got two different types of knives, some kind of leather man. I've got water. I've got pretzels. I've got three years of tax returns banking information, two different hats. I've got three days of clothing. I've got a couple pairs of underwear in case I shit myself. I've got a, uh, and behind the passenger seat, I've got a, a sleeping bag and a couple of mats. And then I've got about three, four, peop, uh, five donors worth of blood in my Subaru. So I don't think there's going to be people that are accept, accepting this guy with wide open arms, right? Because I'm not, um, you know, I'm not rambling. Like, we pull it, like, it dawned on me. Like, I was explaining this to my mom um, over the weekend. I was like, I think, you know, we kind of politicize even cars as a society, right? We, we, we um, like, Subaru is probably looked at as, and this is by all means not official, but... It's very much a liberal car with liberal honks driving this shit. All the people I just mentioned, they're all f- as liberal as fuck, right? And I'm not either, I'm not, again, I'm not on either team. Uh, the further you go up in the foothills, the more conservatives will be driving the Subarus, the old uh, militia types, the old uh, off-the-grid types, the old hillbillies, the people with the hair down to their ass, um, stuff like that. And they're kind of like, in the eyes of probably the liberals, are probably considered the deplorables, which is sad. And maybe I'm just putting words in their mouth. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd like to be wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm usually wrong, and that's okay. But if I'm right, then that's a sad state of affairs when we have to politicize cars because... You can, but again, it goes back to like one of my first episodes, I think it was on kind of nominative determinism and Subarus, meaning that you are your name, you are your car, your car, it's by, it's by, by some kind of cosmological happenstance by some kind of divine, weird thing we uh we definitely are who we drive right so like all the guy all the bmw drivers are pricks right like the old 
like the old joke goes, you know, the difference between a porcupine and a BMW driver is that the pricks are on the outside of the porcupine, right? And so those are the guys that are always kind of like cutting people off, uh, never waiting patiently in a merge situation, uh, driving obnoxiously. They're kind of like the people that drive the Dodge Chargers and the Challengers, those obnoxious pricks. Those are conservatives. All those people are conservatives, right? And it's not a knock against They just are. Like, I would bet this year's entire salary that if you pulled one of them over and asked them what side that they're swinging from, it's conservative, right? Like, how many hippies are driving Dodge Chargers, right? So, um, and lifted trucks, take a guess. Um... A lot of SUVs, particularly if it's driven by a woman, particularly if it's a heavy-set woman, particularly if it's a soccer mom-oriented heavy-set woman, conservative. Uh, minivans, mm, that's where you're going to get a gray area. But then you get into the Japanese stuff. Um, you get into, um, well, Subarus are Japanese. What um, you tend to find, it's driven by educators, uh, liberal, neo-liberals, um, ultra-uptight um, liberals, but uh, but I, I I tend to go beyond beyond that. Like I don't look at it merely from I don't I I because I'm naive. I think I stay dumb by not kind of investing in that and taking the bait right with a lot of those things you know like I had a buddy years ago when I was crashing my buddy's place uh, I had a New Yorker magazine I just found it it was free or it wasn't free I stole it out of a dentist office I think or some kind of doctor's office I stole uh, a New Yorker magazine because there was an article uh, who knows I just wanted to read it and he's like put that liberal magazine down like what the fuck are you even saying dude like put that liberal magazine shut the fuck up like dude I'm not like, relax, okay? Take it down a notch, bro. Right? So people can... Yeah, they politicize the um, reading material, the books. Of course, you got the conservatives that are burning books. And I... And they're burning the dumbest, weakest, stupidest books, too. Judy Bloom and shit. Like, come on. Really? Like, if you saw some of the books I got, bro, you would shit yourself. But... But uh, what I look at... My weird thing with cars, which there is, a, there is a, I don't know what you'd call it. There is a determinism there. It's maybe more classified as vehicular determinism as opposed to nominative. Meaning, nominative determinism would be, you are your name, right? Chet Hanks is a Chet Hanks. Colin Hanks is a Colin Hanks. Tom Hanks is a Tom Hanks, Right? Vehicular determinism is, you know, I drive a lifted truck. I have a small penis, right? Or I drive a Subaru. I'm an uptight, overeducated liberal, right? All that bullshit. But what I get excited about now, if I had a, if I had the wherewithal, if I had the means, and I, who knows? I might still do this. I don't know. I. I've toyed with the notion for several, like, ever since I was in the car business, 
kind of toyed with the notion of having a, um, like a, um, museum of the worst cars ever, right? Like, not so much performance-wise, but just the oddities, right? So it would be stocked with, um, the AMC Pacer, Ford Pinto, Gremlin. You definitely got to have a Gremlin in there. Um, most of the um, Chevy Malibu series after like 83. Um, and then there would probably be like one Subaru entry and that would be the Subaru Brat. Now, and I don't know, I mean, that's way like, it's way before a lot of your time, but the Subaru Brat, and oddly enough, I, I just discovered like the Subaru brand's only been out since like the 50s, which I guess kind of makes sense. But, uh, but in the late 70s, early 80s, there was a car called the Subaru Brat. And it looked like, well, like if you know what a ute is, like if you go to Australia and you, you get, you'll see it, what they call a ute. Like U-T-E, ute. It's short for utility. But it's a little mini, mini truck, right? It looks like a mini El Camino, right? So it's compact like a, like a Subaru hatchback would be. But the, but the, the bed is actually a, like a truck bed or more like an El Camino bed. But it's small. It's compact. It's the size of like an Outback, right? And in the back, in the bed, against the back window are two seats that are mounted to the back cab of the Subaru Brat. So you can just kick it back there, sitting in a seat, right? Weirdest thing I'd see, I mean, I, I didn't know it. Like, I remember they had commercials of it. When they, when they came out, they, they had a commercial that goes, Subaru Brat, now what you think about that? <laughs> a Subaru Brat. Now what you think about that? I'll tell you what I think. I think it's an eyesore. I think it's horrible. But that would be in my museum of bad cars, right? So you got a Pacer, a Gremlin, a Pinto. Or just wild, weird cars. You'd have to have a DeLorean in there. Like it's not a bad car, but it's like a weird, like a stainless steel car. It's it's a four-cylinder. I think this, I think the, the DeLoreans were like four-cylinder cars, too. They weren't even fast. Like, that's kind of a misnomer that Back to the Future did for that car. It's like, that car was never fast. It looked badass. It looked fast. It looked like a Scirocco, or a Scirocco looked like the DeLorean, right? Like, that's another cool. That's another cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, Gull Wings, Gull Wings, uh, and a stainless steel body. Right, so you, so yeah, you'd have a DeLorean, you'd have a Pacer, a Gremlin, a Pinto, a Subaru Brat. Uh, I mean, damn, it's just like the potential for some real wacky stuff, right? But but what I also like about like there, so there there is something to be said for the heritage of a lot of these. Like you can tell a lot of about a car. Uh, in my opinion, anyway, by its heritage. So, um, and the, 
thing I like about German stuff, particularly like the VW stuff, and the VWs I would say is like the second most fervent fan base behind Subarus. And uh, again, it's like an overly educated white person, uh, kind of uptight, uh, but they know performance. Like they typically VW people know about the car. They've had VWs. They've, you know, in the past they'd had, they'd had a Beetle, you know, or a Bug, or a bus, or something. And those are the. I, that's what I really dig about um, certain lines. Right, is like the heritage VW heritage. You go back. You got the Carmen Ghia. That's such a classic. You got the Thing. I mean, that's a fascinating car. It looks like a weird safari jalopy right but people that know about those cars will pay through the teeth for them like you can ask whatever you want for those like the thing the Carmen Ghia VW bus the beetle the bug beetle bug the slug bug yeah um the Scirocco, I mean, there's another one. Like, you just, stuff you don't see that are hard to find, they get snatched up, worth tens of thousands of dollars. Like, if it's, if it's running, oh, shit, man, you can ask whatever you want, right? But even if it's just like a holdout body with the chassis, you know, a good frame, like, shit, for a VW bus, come on, you know? A Westphalia, like a Westie, you know? The Vanagons, um... You can ask, ask whatever you want, you know? Those are the, that's what's cool about some, like, certain, uh, line, like, Nissan has some good heritage uh, with when they were Datsun, right? I had a 280Z, love that car. T-tops, louvers, funky, um, had a turbo, you could hear it. You could hear the turbo wind out, whizz. Um, they had the 510. The Datsun 510, the wagon, the, the four-door, uh, the compact. Um, Nissan, not as much as they made the transition. Uh, the Nissan Pulsar, the Nissan SX, mm, not as thrilling, but those old Datsuns are fun, though, you know? Um, you know, you look at lines like Toyota, like, you can't, there isn't a whole, like, the old... Uh, the old, uh, what do you call them? The uh, Land Cruisers. Those are kind of cool. The old, like, really old Land Cruisers. You know, the old Range Rovers. The old, the old Land Rovers. Um, um, I just jumped manufacturers there, so don't panic. But, um, but other than that, like, yeah, there isn't... Um, you can't, you, you, there's not much you can go too far back on. Like Ford, like Ford, you got like um, the old, the old, uh, well, with, again, well, going back to Toyota, you got the old, uh, the old Tacomas, the old uh, flatbed pickups. Those, those you can ask whatever you want. They're hard to find. Uh, Nissan, the old Frontier, the old hard body pickup. See those those old trucks, man. See those are good for like the the guys in the trades or just getting out and and getting out on the fire trails or something like that. But that's about it. I mean, that's kind of limited. Like, there's not in my 
estimation and comment or send me a message as far as like whatever I'm missing out on. But Toyota doesn't, there isn't like that rich, rich hair. Like you don't see a bunch of old Toyotas out there, right? Um, not like you do with a VW Bug or a bus or Carmen Ghia, you know? Like those are like way throwbacks, right? So, um, but like, uh, I don't know. And, and then you got some like weird little anomalies, like, like when Mazda used to do pickups, like the B2000s or the B210s or no, no, it's a B2000. I'm thinking of, maybe I'm thinking Datsun 210. Datsun 210, 510, and then a Mazda B2000. B2000? Yeah, I think that's what they were called. Just little funky-ass little pickups. But it's hard to kind of wrap your brain around a, you know, a Mazda pickup. A Mazda pickup? With that with that weird transmission they had, that, that uh, it's like a, what do you call it? Like a, it had a, Mazdas have a weird, um, gosh, I can't even think of the name of the, the style transmission, but it's like a, uh, it's like a coil. It's like, it's, it's based on like a coil type functionality. Anyway, so, but other than that, yeah, the old Mazda, like, mm, eh, uh, um, but like you go back to VW, like, you got the old V, like the old diesel pickups. Like VW had a pickup too, and it would look like, it looked like they started to build like a Jetta, like an old ass Jetta. But then like, nah, let's make a truck. And so they made a truck, and it's diesel. And every now and then you see one out there putzing around, kind of polluting up the, stinking up the joint, you know. And uh, just covered in like soot, driven by some old fucking junk dealer or something, you know, and that shit's fun, that, that shit's classic, um, same with, like, those old, a lot of those old diesels is what, like, those old hippies are driving, you know, those old diesel Mercedes, old-ass diesel Mercedes, right, um, and then maybe, like, other, you know, other than that, maybe, like, the old, um, old, old, old Volvos, the old Volvos are pretty cool, the little Volvo uh, wagons, those are kind of got a little heritage, but that's, that's such a niche, weird little Swedish experiment that seems to be just kind of maintaining itself, but Volvos are bad at, Volvos are like the real white guy flex, like they, those are like the next level white guy flex, anybody driving a Volvo, like a brand new Volvo, or like a wagon or whatever, like that's a, definitely a white guy. Um, you don't see any guy, any guys from the streets, right? The, you know, the boys from the gang just mobbing an old Volvo wagon, right? It just doesn't doesn't exist, right? But you see like the new Volvo wagons or the sedans. There's an old white guy in there. He's flexing. He's like, yeah, I got this shit. I got it from Sweden. Like, what are you gonna do? Say something. Say something. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I saw, I did, and I did actually, I guess that's what got me on it was I saw uh, Friday and Saturday, back-to-back days, I saw a 280ZX tooling around. But uh, funny shit, weird, you know, another throwback.
But, uh, excuse me, but what the fuck else? What the hell else going on with the, excuse me, I got the hiccups. Mm, We got a, we got a last late minute burst, last uh, hurrah of heat here. Um, to finish off the summer here, we got the closing week of August, then we'll go into September and we'll start, we'll start kind of reminiscing it's the last month of baseball we'll start singing old sinatra songs the summer winds came blowing in from across the sea all that shit you know and uh but we're not gonna get sentimental just yet are we everybody calm down call me jets but uh but uh we got one last burst of heat here and I can tell it's affecting. So today is the last, or yesterday rather, is the last, was the last day of the World Athletics Championships. And it was upset-arama. Upset was on the menu. Upsets were on the menu, on the motherfucking menu. Because last episode I left off, they were about to run the, 15, the men's 1500. I thought, ah, fucking, okay. Old Jacob Ingebrigtsen, the crazy Norwegian the Olympic champ in the 1500 and the world champ in the 5,000 meters and runner-up in the 1500 had, in my opinion, the 1500 to himself. And lo and behold, he got upset by yet another Scot running for Great Britain. Another Scottish. If it's not Scottish, it's crap. Another Scot in the guise of Josh Kerr. You heard me. Upset. And what did I tell? What did I say? He's going to be run about 328. That motherfucker's going to run 328. Winning time, 329. Beats Ingebrigtsen. Ingebrigtsen almost got beat by um, his own countryman. He um, he was fading. The last 50 meters, he was, fi- he, was, uh, he was leading. He was elbowing it out with Kerr. And uh, and then he faded. He faded, he faded, and his countrymen almost nabbed him at the line for the silver. Like, he barely got the silver. I mean, it was close. I mean, they were all at 329, but what the fuck? So I'm like, wow. But, but like he did in the previous world championships, he saved face. He won the uh, 5,000 meters, ran 13.11. Which is great, but shoot, Alberto Salazar, the slowest motherfucker from Oregon, ran that back in the early 80s, so 40 years ago. But keep in mind, it was, a, again, it's the heat, the humidity, it's hot. Um, all other distance races were just a race of attrition, really. All of our men just fucking farted and fell. Like, they just, you know, any, like... Uh, I think Abdahim Nur, Abd, Abdurrahim Nur uh, of Northern Arizona fame uh, was the top American in the 5,000 meters at like, he was like 12th or something. And um, our top guy in the marathon was like, I think he was 12th again. I don't know, let's find out. What the fuck? What the fuck, man? He's crazy. All right, so let's go. World. World. 
track and field news. Um, some results. Let's go. Let's fucking go, man. Oh, God. Ads. I don't want to add. Bro. World Track Field Championships and results. Okay. Get out of my face, you fucking ad. Um, so another upset. Mary Moray, Kenya, upsets both Keely Hodgkinson and Aething Moo. Our American girl, Aething Moo, in the 800 meters. Unbelievable. Oh, the over, well, not the overwhelming favorite, but the uh, legit favorite, Aething Moo, grabbed the bronze. She got. Keely Hodgkinson can't get a break. She finally beats a thing move, but she's still second. She uh, she lost by eight hundredths of a second last world championship, or was it the world champs or the Olympics? Either one, she was second place. And then this Mary Moray from Kenya comes out of nowhere. They all, I think they all ran one one fifty six, but mm, nevertheless. Um, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Um, let's see what world. I just want. I just want results. World Track and Field Championships. I just want the fucking results. Can't you just give me results? Fucking fuck. Okay, here we go. So we know. Go away, Ed. No. Oh my God, I'm dying here. All right, so we know Shakari uh, Richardson stole the uh, 100 meters. Good for her. She got the bronze in the 200. Let's see. Uh, in other news, uh, yeah, so Mary Moray ran 156.03 with Keely Hodgkinson right on her heels at 156.34. Eight thing move, 156.61, almost Almost a full second ahead of four, uh, the second American, uh, Raven Rogers, who settled for fourth at 157.46. And then rounding out the U.S. team, we got a sixth. So we got third, fourth, and sixth in the 100 meters. In the women's 1500, um, I already touched on that. Faith Kipgeon, uh Wins the 1500. Sifan Hassan settles for the bronze. But she doubles back. Faith Kipgeon doubles back to win the women's 5,000. 1453. Fucking beast. Fucking beast. No Americans in the top eight. So Faith Kipgeon of Kenya. 1453. That's some nasty shit. Um, and then... Uh, shout out to Alicia Monson, who did get fifth in the women's 10,000. She was the top American. Women's marathon, the f- uh, I think the first woman was Flanagan. Um, not in the top eight. I think she was ninth or tenth. Kiera D'Amato was behind her. Um... I can't think of her first. Is it? Oh, I don't want to mispronounce. I don't want to. I don't want to say. Her, I. Uh, it's. 
I think it's Cheryl Flanagan. I could be wrong. But I think she ran she ran like 227.40 something, which is a really remarkable time. The winner ran 224. She's only a few minutes behind. But, uh, yeah, just, we were just outmatched. The women were just, uh, were just outmatched. Um, after, the, after the 800 meters, we had nothing. Um, let's see. Danielle Williams wins the 100-meter one, hurdles 12.43 by one one-hundredth of a second over... Uh, looks like Portugal, Jasmine Camacho Quinn, and then uh, Kenny Harrison, the second American at 12, like, wow, 12.43, 12.44, 12.46, what a finish, Um, nasty shit, women's 400 meter hurdles, Shamir Little from the U.S. grabs the silver, we grabbed a fifth, and that was that. Women's 3,000-meter steeplechase. No American finishers in the top eight. I think Elise Cranny, was she in? I might be in the wrong event. Elise Cranny, what is she? Oh. Yeah. I can't remember where, if she ran the steeple or not. But I'm not showing. They're just listing the top eight here. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, let's go to. Let's just let's just go to uh, the men's events. Men's 100 meters. Noah Lyles doubles with a 9.83, and then comes back to win the 200 meters. 9.5, edging out Arion Knighton at 19.75. Arion Knighton, the 20-year-old female. I think he's 20 or 21. He was like. Yeah, he was like 19 when he was in the Olympics or something. So he's got to be like 21 now. But uh, Kenny Bidnarik rounding out the men's team with a fifth place, 20.07. Men's 400, we grabbed a bronze. Quincy Hall, Jamaican Antonio Watson claimed the gold, 44.22. Quite frankly, one of the slower times I've seen in a long time. Uh... Men's 800, our top guy was eighth at 146th. See, I think it just, they're just fucking, it was just rough. Like, I think it was hot, it was muggy. Uh, men's 1500 meter, we had a decent showing. Josh Kerr, of course, of Great Britain, by way of Scotland. If it's not Scottish, it's crap. Uh, edging Jakob Ingebrigtsen. Um, who just, like I said, barely beat out his countryman Narv Gilge Nordis. Took the bronze. Only three hundredths of a second behind Ingebrigtsen. Like, that's that's rough. And I, I, I watched a real brief interview with Ingebrigtsen after the race. He said he was feeling under the weather, but that's no excuse. You can preface that with, you can go, hmm, well, I also run, I'm also going to win the 5,000 meters. I've been running heats in the 5,000 meters, plus all the heats for the 1,500. I'm a little under the weather, so for me to lose by, what did he lose by? 37 hundredths of a second, so almost four-tenths of a second. I mean, give the guy a break. But our top American was Yared Nagusi, the uh, indoor American record holder in the mile. 
he finished fifth at 3.30. So he was in it. He was in it. Uh, Cole Hawker of University of Oregon fame came in seventh at 3.30.7. I mean, there was literally six guys within less of a second of each other in that race. Like, that's, that's gnarly. That's good shit. So jump to the 5,000 meters, like I was saying, Inga Britson wins that f- fairly handily, but not, I mean, at 13.11, he just beat out Spain's Mohamed Katir and Kenya's Jacob Krope at 13.12. Top American, like I say, was Abdurrahim Noor. I think he was back about oh, 10th, 11th. Um, Paul Chalima was behind him at about 13.30. Race of attrition, folks. So, you know what I'm saying? And don't even get me started on the men's 10,000 or the men's marathon. Uh, the men's marathon was run and won by Victor uh, uh, Kiplangit of Uganda. Uganda's making quite a showing. They took the gold in the 10,000. Joshua Chiptegui. Yeah, you try saying it. The world record holder, Olympic champion, now two-time uh, world champion, uh, kind of owns that event. And then Uganda came; they 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 uh, they showed up for the marathon, you know. So credit to them. He ran t- this guy Victor uh, Kiplingat, Kiplingat, two oh eight two oh eight fifty three. It's good time. Although Alberto Salazar ran that in eighty three. Sorry, bro. Um, second was uh, an Israeli of all people at 209.12. And then an Ethiopian, Luol Gibral Selassie at 209.19. So fairly close contested marathon. Top American was, uh, I don't even know this guy. I can't even, I can't remember. It's showing top eight. I think our top guy was 10th. I think 10th. Like that's 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 kind of like the story of our of our distance squad is like cracking tenth. We got maybe a guy in the top ten of each race, but when I say top ten, I mean tenth. So sorry, man. And I was trying to remember Grant Holloway's name last episode, but it's Grant Holloway. <laughs> he was the one ten high hurdles, running twelve nine six to win. Look, looking fairly easily. Winning in fair, fairly easy fashion at twelve nine six. Although Ronaldo Nehemiah ran twelve nine three back in like eighty two, so again forty one years ago, they're running, you know, three hundredths of a second faster. I don't know. They hit the ceiling on this. What do you want out of me? Um, I was wrong about the four hundred meter hurdles. Carson Warholm, the world record holder, did compete and he did win. So Norwegian, Norwegians had a, they made us, they had a presence. They made a statement. Uh, our boy, Rye Benjamin, grabbed the bronze, 47.56. Edwin Moses was running that back in 1976, bro. I'm sorry. But let's go. Let's fucking go. Uh, we also grabbed a sixth in the men's 400-meter hurdle, Trevor Bassett, 48.22. Great time. Men's 3,000-meter steeplechase. Our top guy, 10th place, Kenneth Rooks, 820. Winner was 803. Sufyan El Bakali. I couldn't, there's no way I was going to pull his name out of my ass last episode, but for Morocco, I mean, half of Morocco I can't pronounce the name, okay? So just 
ease up, okay? Uh, edging out Lamika Gurma of Ethiopia, the world record holder. Uh, 803 to 805. Like, damn, bro. So, um, but that's a wrap. That's it. That's another world championships in the bag. And, uh, anyway, though we gotta say goodbye for the summer, my son's gonna start his job. He's starting it this morning. He went to see Lisa at Human Resources. I said, be cool. Because this woman <laughs> was the same woman that hired me when I sold cars. And she'll squash your balls into jelly. If you fuck around too much, she'll squash your balls into jelly. And then you'll be fired. So that's what's up. My son's starting his VW job this morning. Uh, his twin sister's getting ready for UC Santa Cruz. We're going to move her in in a couple weeks. And I'm driving a motherfucking Subaru. Like a motherfucking outlier. Like a fucking liberal outlier. Like I was telling my... I called my uh, 21-year-old... On Wednesday, I told her, I guess what? I said, I bought a car. She's like, what? Typical Subaru owner. What? I go, I bought a Subaru. She's like, no. No way. I'm like, yeah, you thought I was conservative, didn't you? You thought I was one of those conservatives. She's like, well. I go, my sister thinks I'm conservative, huh? She goes, yeah, or the devil. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know which is worse. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all true. It's all true. It's all true. But that's what's up. All right. So I'm a closeted liberal conservative driving a Subaru with my bug out kit, two different knives, set of iPods, ear pods, whatever you want to call them, a day's worth of water, a bag of pretzels, um, three years tax returns, bank account information, uh, Steve Martin's autobiography, um, toothbrush, toothpaste, uh, lotion, sleeping bag, rollout mats, and five different people, five people's, five people, different people's fucking platelets in my car. So what do you want out of me? All right. That's all I got for you. So on that note, I'll talk at you later. Arrivederci, babies. Thank you.